Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. So on this week's episode, we will discuss, of course, all the kind of aftermath, lingering questions, details, interviews pertaining to the Meghan and Harry royal wedding. Uh, so many different uh, facets of the wedding have been discussed by various participants since we will get into all of that. All right. Behind the scenes details about everything from what Megan did on the morning of the wedding to the messy bun assembly, which it was confirmed. It was officially a messy bun that Megan wore to marry a prince. So I can't wait to get into that. Yeah. We recorded uh, the post-wedding episode in a, something of a haze, I would say. <laughs> both of us having... Uh, Julie was in Rome. I was up at 5.30. We were both in v- different mental states. Uh, and now we've had time to process everything. And we have dug through all the details. And we are ready to roll. Right, right. I think let's have the first topic of discussion being the wedding morning with Meg. And I love that we got some behind the scenes details from both Megan's makeup artist, Daniel Martin, and also her hairstylist, Serge Normand. Unclear if I'm saying those names correctly. No way. That sounds great. And I think I was surprised. um, I don't know if you felt the same, that they really spilled the deets. Like, I feel as though they really painted the scene uh, and didn't really spare that. I think we got a pretty good sense. Right. Granted, it wasn't like a scandalous detail. Like, we caught up on the Real Housewives of New York. Correct. I feel like that's true. They definitely knew what they were saying was going to be picked up by all the outlets. And they were careful. But for royal gossip, it was pretty good. Josh, yes. do, you, do you want to read this section? Sure. So Daniel Barden, the makeup artist, he said that there were only four people there to help uh, Megan get ready, which surprised me a little bit. I mean, I feel like that's compared to shoots we've been on or whatever. I don't know. For some reason, I was imagining like a team of like 15 in there. He says it was him, the hairstylist, the dress designer, Claire White Keller, from Givenchy. Do you like that pronunciation? I love it. And Megan's mother, Doria. And he said that Megan was in good spirits. He said the atmosphere was very relaxed, partly thanks to Megan playing 1950s chilled music via Spotify. And he added that the bride stayed off her phone as they caught up by talking about mutual friends. She didn't seem nervous. She was very cool. She was regular Megan, the makeup artist shared. I think we were nervous, but we didn't want to make her nervous. So it was very chilled. It was very even, very easy. And then he asked what to call her. This is my favorite part, definitely. Uh, And perhaps another mantra to add to the In the Limelight arsenal. He asked what to call her after she was married. He said, I asked her that. Do I bow to you? I don't want to disrespect you, but I've I've known you for almost 10 years. What's up? She started laughing and she said, I'm always going to be Meg. Meg. Julie, she's always going to be Meg. I'm always going to be Meg. We need we need that on hats, definitely yes, and t-shirts. We, we definitely do. What do you make of this entire sort of uh, little scene he's painting? 
Is this what you expected? It seems, seems very low key for the royal wedding, which millions and millions of people are going to be watching. I'm surprised that Jessica Mulroney wasn't there, who's like her best friend slash stylist. Good call. Yeah, who seems to be sort of her, fi- you know, helping her with every step of the way. We knew she went to uh, London earlier this year to help her with her wedding dress. Right. Which, we have more to say about that later, uh, the wedding dress situation. You know what? I think the Saturday, the Saturday morning, I'm going to throw on a robe and I'm going to throw on some 1950s chilled music. And I'm just going to kind of like go through the motions, the ritual of what Megan did just to see what it yeah. feels like. And then you can write one of those first person, you know, I did Meghan Markle's royal wedding routine and live to see the day or whatever. Right. Also, I love that she was playing 1950s chilled music. It seems very, uh, having perused some of her playlists for the TIG, she was kind of going for, in those playlists, I felt very hip Coachella style sort of um, electronic indie music. I feel like she was trying to get into the mood of the royal, like sort of the history the 1950s, they kick it back. It was almost like she knew this detail was going to be leaked and she thought, what would be appropriate music? Right, like you can't be listening to Pitbull, so it has to be this. Yeah, it's almost like she was getting into character, so to speak. Oh, Josh, that's such a good call. And I, I kind of love that. Also, I'm always going to be Meg. I almost wonder if that's also a detail she kind of wants to be out there. Right. This is such a cute little anecdote. I feel like it's definitely like tied up in a bow and ready for whichever outlet this was delivered to. I'm, I'm always going to be Meg reminds me of um, like Jennifer Lopez. Like I'm still Jenny from the block. Like even though she's the Duchess of Sussex, she's always just going to be Meg. Right. And her makeup artist can still call her that. Uh, So do you want to get into what Serge said? Serge said, uh, he told reporters, we woke up early, had a little coffee, and then just went on. It was all smiles. It was just one of those dreamy moments. Okay, firstly, I would love to hear about a bride on her wedding morning just once eating something, like a croissant. Like, I would have loved to hear Megan order a stack of pancakes. Like, that just, that would have been really nice. But Serge also confirmed that there was some speculation when Megan went down the aisle. Like, is that actually the messy bun itself? And he confirmed that it was, that they were aiming for a messy bun bridal hair moment. He confirmed it took 45 to 60 minutes to assemble, which must be the most meticulously crafted messy (laughs) bun. Messy bun, bun, I know. And beforehand, both bride and stylist assembled a mood board of inspirational photos. You know Megan loves a mood board. She loves a mood board. Well, mood boards come up later in this podcast, so get ready. Serge said, it's a messy bun, we call it. Messy in a controlled way. That's like me, messy in a controlled way. Right, maybe that should be our new tagline. Yeah, that's my personal catchphrase. Wait, Julie, are you surprised, I guess I didn't register it until this moment, that he actually said in a quote that it was called like a messy bun? Because that's sort of what the media has been calling it and the Daily Mail and et cetera. But it's kind of interesting to me that the hairstylist legitimately is referring to her hairstyle as a messy bun, no? Right. I just have a lot of questions, especially because we've since seen her make her first official appearance as a duchess. And then there was no messy bun anywhere. No mess. It is all controlled. So was this like her last hurrah? 
her last messy bun. Now, now that the messy bun has seen the heights of the royal wedding, it had to be put into retirement. That's a good call. I'm so interested now to see if the subsequent appearances she makes this summer will will feature the messiness or not. Right, no flyaways. Um, but I like that we also got a little more detail from the makeup artist. Josh, do you want to come back in on this? I'm playing the makeup artist yes. in this scene. So the makeup artist said he got emotional when he saw Megan after the ceremony to do the touch-ups for their official portraits, which I'm sure most of you have seen at this point that came out on Monday. And he said that's when he started crying uh, because it was after the wedding had already taken place. And he said, it was almost like she looked at me and said, what do you think? How'd it go? And I lost it. That does sound emotional. And he said, it was so moving and so perfect and the day couldn't have been better. Uh. I mean, this is sort of exactly as you pointed out, what you would expect quotes from the makeup artist and the hairstylist to be. They're very adoring and emotional and such, but it's nice to get some sort of sense of what was going on. Right. I would have liked to see like one tiny flaw in this description of Megan. That's such a good call because you know there must have been no human can, I feel, be in the process of getting ready for their wedding and not have some minor thing at the very least they freak out about. Like what could have been the craziest thing? Like she had to take a Xanax. She like... I mean, also think about what she was dealing with with her dad and her the family issues oh and and I just feel like all the things that she had happening in the days leading up to the wedding for her to be this tranquil is either she's a superhuman which I guess we already know she is but there's something that's kind of insane right also I- we should note that we still don't really have a great answer to why she was running 15 minutes late And that's not referred to at all by any of these members. No, no, it is not this inner sanctum. Though someone did point out to me that she ended up on ABC. They announced she was running 15 minutes late and that was announced in the press room. But then she didn't actually show up 15 minutes late to the wedding. She showed up only one or two minutes late. So they made up that time somewhere, which is also a mystery. Such a mystery. We have to talk about this dress more, though, because I feel as though... The dress, we, we were, you know, I think we gave it a fair shake on Saturday, but it's been a, can I call it controversial? It's been a controversially received dress. Definitely. And I think we can confirm, like any skepticism we had was confirmed when Katy Perry yes. came forward. I have never loved Katy Perry more. Um, she was asked about Megan's Givenchy gown. She said she was so happy for the couple, but I would have done one more fitting. I'm never not going to tell the truth. One more fitting, but I love you. Gotta say, I agree with her, right, Josh? One more fitting, but I love you is a great way of putting it. There are so many good quotes from this podcast already. Also, I love that it's like Katy Perry, the truth teller. She can't not tell the truth, God forbid. <laughs> it's just such a funny way of handling that. And then I think she even went as far to say later in that little interview, which was also got a little bit of buzz, that she said Kate won because they asked her if she preferred Kate's dress or Megan's dress. And she actually went so far as to say Kate won. I love that. Well, I I mentioned on Saturday, I guess, that I still think that there's something that went down. Like, I still am sensing some sort of... Yeah, I'm with you. At this point, I'm with you. Right. So we kind of did a little deep dive on what we know about this dress because I need to, like, piece together this timeline. I need to do a full-on investigation, like Mueller-style investigation, (laughs) assemble a team (laughs) on what would happen with this dress. So far, Harper's Bazaar, I think, has the most... uh, accurate, thorough account. They said that Megan began thinking about the dress back in December. 
She again cited a dozen bridal inspo pics saved to her phone from Instagram, Pinterest, and fashion websites. She knew exactly what she was looking for, modern, elegant, timeless, and appropriate. Does this mean she has a secret Instagram account? Exactly. That was such a good call by you. I wonder... I think she must, because how could Meghan Markle not be on Instagram? I feel like she loves that Explore page. She loves going down a trail of tablescapes and food pics. And, you know, that's kind of her, that's her, that's her, that's her in her element. So she has to have a secret Instagram, I have decided. Right. Okay. So every detail of this, this whole process, like just imagine my eyebrows raising a little bit more because it says Burberry, Ralph and Russo. Erdem, Roland Moray, Stella McCartney all submitted sketches of possible gowns. I guess Claire Waite Keller of Givenchy met with Meghan before Christmas. Markle confirmed Givenchy is the designer in early January. Keller did not even tell her own family. In the following weeks... That's wild. I know. I would tell my family if I was her. Right. So just to put this together, we have a solid four months that this dress has been designed and in going through creation. Um, They went back and forth. They developed a fast friendship through text, phone calls, and brief meetings. There were secret meetings where Markle arrived to like an unspecified location in London without security or an assistance. I have to I have to read Julie's snarky note that she put into this summary. She wrote snarky note, maybe our girl needed a second set of eyes on that dress. Right, just for the fitting alone. Yeah. Um the five meter silk tool veil took longer to complete than the dress which I think we can all say, obviously. It took approximately 500 hours, meticulously spent creating each flower with silk threads and organzas. It was so delicate. The workers had to wash their hands every 30 minutes to keep the tool and threads clean. For some reason, that detail, which I saw in a headline the other day, that like the workers had to wash their hands every 30 minutes. I don't know why. It's, I guess it's not even that crazy, but it just it sounds so wild when it's written out. I would be the one who gets like some sort of melted chocolate on the veil. Can you imagine if you were like, working on Meghan Markle's dress and every 30 minutes the siren goes off and you have to run to wash your hands in the basin? It's like, it sounds like something on Game of Thrones or something. It's just wild. Harper's Bazaar alleges that from early April, Megan had three fittings in person, plus a final fitting in May. This still so does not. Interest. That's interesting. I mean, I think we both agree in theory we like the dress a lot. Yes. I think the veil was great. The photos that I've now seen, I'm sure we all have, were like the long lens ones or the ones that are from up above. The veil looks great. And even the dress, like the way it's constructed. It's a gorgeous gown. It's just something about it was a little oddly fit. Right. Especially because, as Josh pointed out last week, Kate Middleton's fit perfectly, impeccably, just so. Yeah. So that's interesting that there were three in-person fittings and a final one, which I guess if we're going to take the favorable read of this, was like Megan really wanted it to look this way. Or maybe she, the stress of the week and all. Yeah, like a weight loss right before. The Tom and the Samantha of it. Um, But interestingly enough, she did have to show it to the queen beforehand. There was just one last person who needed to see it, the queen. 
Just like the Duchess of Cambridge did three weeks before marrying Prince William, Markle privately presented a first look at the finished gown to Her Majesty before the big day. A friend of Markle said, It's not for approval, it's just to share a special moment with the Queen and possibly get a few words of advice before the wedding itself. I love the it's not for approval, just like the Queen's like, I don't want to be like held responsible for this. Josh, should the Queen have said something about the fit? I mean... I don't know. I guess I find it just so funny. Like, I just, I, wa- I want to see that scene of when the queen was just sit- sits there and Megan comes out. And I can't really imagine. The queen is so, uh, you know, obviously, like, does not, you know, show any sort of emotion. So I just can't really imagine how she would respond. Because I feel like anytime any uh, female or male friend of mine has decided to, like, show me a- an outfit, I feel like I maybe... T- too much of a people pleaser or something but i always am over the top you know you look so great um and i just cannot imagine the queen saying anything like that right 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 i feel like if anything she might give you like an upturn like slightly upturned smirk right but that's the most you're getting that's the most you're getting um well so that does it i guess with the dress section if you guys have any other theories let us know yeah we want to know i i want i want more thoughts from others i feel like we've gotten the people who've written us about the dress it seems a little mixed and it seems pretty split people i talk to right. a lot of people who like love it and i think we all agree that the dress she wore to the reception the Stella McCartney dress that she changed into that she came out to the car with Harry and he was wearing the tux. That dress was amazing. Right. I think that was like a showstopper. It fit really well. It looked great. The halter, the backless. Yeah. So that was to me the kind of had the wow X factor that maybe I was wanting a little bit more of in the actual wedding dress. Right. We have to talk about that whole sequence. Yeah, we'll get we'll We'll get get there. Yeah, we got a few more details about the portraits, kind of the family portraits, which we spoke about earlier. Which there was one of Meghan and Harry with all of the the page boys and bridesmaids. I think everyone was under the age of eight. The royal wedding photographer Alexei Lubomirsky, who I've by the way met, um, because the first print piece i ever did for vanity fair my first spotlight he was a photographer oh my gosh so can you pronounce his name better no (laughs) but i can tell you that he is a royal in some way he's like a prince of something a fun fact and i was like wow every every photographer at vanity fair must be a royal or something i remember thinking that and i just started i love that little josh connection have to have to bring myself into it anyways so i guess that he only had 25 minutes to do his photographs with the family and the page boys and bridesmaids. Does that sound right, Josh? Yes. I mean, and seeing the photos, I imagine, I mean, I could understand that they're on a tight time schedule, but also when I first saw these photos, I just thought to myself before we had any of these quotes from him, it must have been uh, crazy to try to get all these kids to pose for this formal portrait in a condensed amount of time. Right. And um, I've never seen Prince George smile that wide in my life, right? I was amazed at how wide those smiles were. And I was trying to imagine, like, what happened in the moments before? Did someone come out in a costume? Did Harry crack a joke? And now we sort of know, I guess, um, which is that the photographer has said that he bribed them or he, they were bribed with Smarties, which confusingly 
UK Smarties are not what we in America think are Smarties. They're more like M&Ms or American M&Ms, like chocolate. Um, but I guess Prince George is a big fan. Right. I was just so curious, like, what did Kate think of that? Like, I feel like Kate might have, like, weird dietary restrictions for all the kids. Like, she won't want yeah. them. Having- <laughs> I mean, I thought in general it was an interesting... Did you look at the any of the posts yesterday that or earlier in the week that had the side-by-sides with Kate and William's official photographs? They were so different. Could not have been like, more different. The Kate and William ones are so formal... Um, like everyone is looking straight ahead. They look like they could be from like 1870. They really do. And meanwhile, these Harry Meghan ones are, I mean, I think just given even just the facial expressions of the kids are all in different directions. Um, some people are kind of smiling. Some are looking off. Some are, I know they're just like, there's a more authentic maybe feel to them, I would say. Right. A little bit more informal. Even the photos of them outside, it it again, like the engagement photos kind of had a perfume ad vibe to them. I thought the one of Meghan and Harry that was released on Monday reminded me of the engagement photos shot by the same photographer in that way it kind of was a very similar fragrance ad vibe right and alexi said the sun was setting right just over the top of windsor castle just behind them when he shot that photo it was just the most serene beautiful light they're in love walking around this beautiful garden i said just before you go in let's sit down on these stairs and she just slumped in between his legs They were just laughing because they were joking about how they were exhausted and finally it was over. Hmm. I mean, I feel like that's an interesting, finally it was over. I guess I understand that. I understand, right, but out of context, it seems. Out of context, it sounds weird. I I guess you get that sense, actually, now that I think about it in that photo. You can kind of feel the um, relief slash just sort of exhaustion right but that is such a good point about how they are all looking in different directions and the kate and william it's exactly it looks like it could have been taken like two centuries ago it's so fixed and posed it was like they were following some sort of template it is true too george had that we talked about this on saturday when we recorded but george had that kind of goth sort of surly vibe at the actual wedding um in that black coat he was wearing uh and it's so interesting or funny that in the portraits, he's like the grinningest of all of them. Right. My theory is that Kate does not let them have smarties. So that's why. Yeah. So he was he like, this is my one chance. I totally could see that. Let's talk a little bit about the reception. Yes. So we talked about this dress, which I was obsessed with. Um, What did you make, Julie, of the sort of photo op of which many people compared to like a James Bond ish sequence uh, of them getting out to get into this like Jaguar to go off to the party. I loved it because it was almost like a little bonus feature. It was so unexpected. Of course, yeah. of course I'm not going to turn down any sort of video exclusive, but it did seem a little weird and staged the way it was set. It was so James Bondy. They get into this like powder blue Jaguar. It almost seemed like um, a sponsored content video that you would see, you know, Audrina Patridge do or something where she has to take in certain car somewhere. I don't know. It did feel a little bit um, 
showbiz, I guess, uh, in a way that I actually think the royal wedding itself did. Uh, there were a lot of celebrities there, but the royal wedding itself didn't feel that way, um, even though there were a lot of celebrities there. Uh, I felt like this moment felt very Hollywood to me. So Hollywood. I did love that, I guess, on the license plate, it read the date of the wedding. Like, yeah, I liked that, that but it also seemed a little... It was too produced for you. Yeah, that's the thing. It felt very much... Like, whoever thought of this whole thing, or maybe it was Harry and Meghan. Uh, I, I feel like it could have been Harry. Harry would have Yeah, been it like... could have been Harry. It just was a lot. It was a lot. I feel like I, I would have been embarrassed if I was Meghan and I had come out and seen this whole scene. Like, oh, he's wearing a tux and we're getting into this, like, Jaguar and the license plate is a vanity plate. It was just, like, all a lot for me. It was a lot. It was a lot. I give you that. But she looked amazing. The dress was great. And I really liked that she was wearing a ring that had been Princess Diana's ring. I love that. What do you think they did in those couple of hours between the like luncheon reception and the dinner reception? Knowing Megan, she probably got started on her thank you notes with her calligraphy pen <laughs> and sent out her, you know, little perfumes to the different like bridesmaids. I don't know. Probably I feel like they probably had a lot of logistical things to do, though maybe I could see Harry like turning on a, like a sports game or something. Harry definitely had some sort of sporting event to catch yeah. up on. Um, I feel like Megan texted crazily. I feel like she kind of got into in touch with all of her best girlfriends to like connect, connect before the reception. Right. I think that's a good call. And this reception. So I think one of the things that was interesting to that is still maintains a mystery that we don't really know necessarily. We know everyone that was at the ceremony since it was televised and we saw them go in, but the list got cut from 600 at the ceremony to the 200 at night. And it's interesting to note who we know made the cut at night and who didn't. Um, and I feel like there's been some people that I've seen in reports that were there, but that some people say weren't there. I don't know. There's a lot of like confusion because we don't have any photographs or video or anything from the reception. Um, but we know some people who were there. Right. Like the cast of Suits, there were some conflicting reports about. I think they didn't make it the, into the party, right? But it's some people, I did see some places say they were there. I don't know. But the guests we do know were there were Idris Elba, George and Amal Clooney, James Corden, Serena Williams. To name Priyanka Chopra was there. Um, but this party, it's one of these things too, because there aren't photos and videos and you just get these little snippets. It's like... I feel like there's been so every day this week I wake up and there's a new Daily Mail story about what would happen at this party. It's like this mythic party that could never even possibly exist. And I feel like only probably 40% of these facts are actually what happened at the party. But because no one really knows, it's like this mythic thing. You know what I mean? Right. Phones, cell phones were taken when people checked in. I feel like you combine that with like the amount of alcohol, it sounds, that was served there. Like there's never going to be an accurate. Yes. Yes, that's so recap true. We'll of never, what happened. We'll never have a definitive um, 
Do you think they did some sort of video or photography there? They must have done they, something. They must have done something. But I'm like sure. Fo- do you think there was a photo booth? I think Megan would like a photo Megan booth. Megan would love a photo booth. Like, it makes me a little sad. You know she wanted some sort of wedding hashtag. Like That's a, that's true. And also, like, I feel as though if you do a photo booth, it's just so people can then upload it to their Instagram stories. So I just don't really feel. Maybe it was a photo booth, but they didn't get the photos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just for Megan. Let's go through some of these details because they are just wacky. So, Julie, Prince Charles hosted the evening and personally greeted every guest alongside Camilla, William, and Kate. A lavish three-course supper, which included locally sourced pork belly, was washed down with vintage Paul Roger champagne. Um, What do we think of William and Kate greeting everyone on the way in? And do you think... What do you think Kate wore to the ceremony? I'm very interested in that. That is what I'm dying to know. And like Camilla, I want to know what Doria was wearing because she was one of my best dressed. Yeah. I, I, well, well, we know Kate took a very, um, let's call it casual approach to the morning outfit, wearing something she'd already worn twice before. That read very white on camera, even even though I... Par- That's a, a, By the way, a lot of people who don't necessarily even follow this so closely, but know I do, have like uh, two of my friends from uh, high school texted me being like, why was Kate Middleton wearing white? Because I feel like it did look on camera white. Right. Apparently it was a very pale yellow, but you would not have known that. Harry and Meghan, in a breach of tradition, along with a touching tribute from the best man, Prince William, who said he was thrilled to welcome Meghan to the family. Harry had guessed close to tears when he thanked them for making him me and told his wife he couldn't wait to spend the rest of his life with her. There were cheeky references to Harry's wild past when his friends, Charlie Von... Straubin Z and Tom Skippy and Skip took to the stage along with William to tease Harry about his baldness, but there was no mention of his now infamous infamous weekend spent in Vegas. Yeah, I guess. Also, I think we saw it in different reports. Someone saying James Corden sort of served as an MC that was sort of in a roast capacity. Um, it sounds like everyone was sort of doing a little bit of ribbing, which I guess is normal for a wedding. But in this case, I just, I don't know. It's hard for me to picture. Um, and E! News says that William said, my brother is clearly in love. Being in love is like a little boy wedding himself. You don't know you're doing it. Everyone else knows. And you get a warm feeling. Which this just, did someone pay him money? Was this a bet? Like, I bet you a thousand dollars that you don't say this. I can't understand how... Kate would have signed off like the future king of England like I really do not like that (laughs) it makes me very uncomfortable the future king of England likening getting falling in love to what I just I can't and this joke I just cannot imagine this played well in the room it says William joked with all this talk of love everyone is emotional even the cake is crying like this is terrible do you think some of this is like a telephone game situation where because no one really presumably was able to record the speech. So are people leaving the room and then running to tell people or whoever their e-news and that they kind of are getting it a little fumbled? Right. And I feel like the people who were running to e-news weren't, were like all straight men because they didn't have any fashion details. <laughs> Correct. The one I do sort of could see is they said someone reported that Charles said during his speech, he shrugged his shoulders and said, the budget is out of the window on this one. 
I could see Charles saying that. I can definitely see him saying that. But it's just like if James Corden was involved as much as he was, couldn't he have given William a few like... Punched up the jokes a little bit. Punched up the jokes. Like this just... Agreed. This sounds like one of the worst speeches in marital history if that was what William said. Even the cake is crying is like a low moment in the history of American or British comedy. What do you think of their song that they picked for their first dance, Whitney Houston's 1987 hit, I Want to Dance with Somebody? I love this. And there was another, con- there was a conflicting report about this too, but it was Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. There was a different report about what that first song might have been, but I love that it was this. I feel like this adds to that freshness. The Even though it's like the 1980s for like the royal family, this is very modern and hip and cutting edge. Josh, I, I thought it was so much fun. What did you think? No, I liked it. I think it... Uh, I agree. It's sort of fresh. It feels very Megan. Uh, I could see her singing this at like karaoke or, um, you know, turning it on for a girl's weekend when they're out drinking wine. I don't know. I'm into it. Right. The first dance wouldn't have been slow then. So it would have been, I would have loved to see those moves. Good point. So that means they did something, something of like an actual choreographed dance, huh? Right. I, I just feel like this. there are details of this recap where you can definitely tell like who got to make this decision. This was definitely a Megan decision. Also, can TMZ stop with like all the Thomas Markle stuff and instead work, put all their resources into getting some leaked footage of their dance to I Want to Dance with Somebody? Right, seriously. If they could get us any footage, any even photo. Oh, wow. I didn't even, I didn't even notice this. That in, it's a, in 2016, Megan said it was her happy song during an interview. And what happier occasion could she ask for? That's such a good point. Idris Elba at one point apparently DJed a set. George Clooney, it sounds like, was working like four different roles at this wedding. Um, one report said he served Casamigo shots and also waltzed with Kate Middleton during what is being billed as some sort of reception dance-off. Per Vanity Fair, Charles and Camilla left shortly before 11 to leave the young ones to it. But not before James Corden, who played comedian and compare for the night, instigated an impromptu dance-off that saw Charles, William, and Harry take the dance floor with Megan and her mother, Doria. The Daily Mail reported, or sorry, the Daily Mirror reported that Clooney waltzed Kate and Megan around on the dance floor before a spectacular fireworks display capped off the evening. See, this is where it just verges to me into the realm of... If not fan fiction, like that is that if it's true, that's right. Crazy. This is like were there actually like hallucinogens in this like organically sourced menu that Charles put together? Like that would make more sense to me. Also, George, where was a mall during all of this? Um, I mean, I guess a mall's not gonna get too you know concerned about any of this, but just like like her role in all of this is interesting. Also, has he ever even met Kate and Megan before? I'm just very confused about George Clooney's connection to anyone involved here. I think people try to say that, right, Megan and Amal became friends. They were introduced by a mutual acquaintance once once Megan moved to the UK. But then other reports are saying that, like, George and... And they have the same hairstylist or something? Right, that George and Harry go back. I don't know. I mean, I guess if we had the ability to pull George Clooney to right. our wedding, we would definitely invite him. Right. I guess I could see 
This strikes me as one of those things where maybe they were all sort of in a group dancing together. And then that got built up into like George Clooney waltz with Megan and waltz with Kate. I could see George though. He does obviously have that life of life of the party sort of um like i could see him swooping in and trying to like liven things up a little right, bit right i could see him like even trying to pull the queen out of her chair yeah yeah get her on 100%. the dance floor which also was the queen there the queen and philip aren't really mentioned in any of these no i feel like she didn't go okay because i feel like otherwise he would have heard mention no right right but don't that's just a random guess i love the idea of this dance-off though that charles got involved in that's where, I, that's where I also got a little bit uh, suspect. I mean, maybe Charles is more wild than I think. Um, I could see Camilla getting out there. Oh, I definitely could. But you're exactly right. TMZ and D- Daily Mail need to focus those like squads of people they have on the Samantha <laughs> yeah. and Tom Markle beat on getting footage from this reception. Um, per people, and again, this is such a crazy detail that I don't know if I believe, James Corden came into the reception last, arriving in a Henry VIII costume, saying he didn't know what to wear to a royal wedding, a guest tells people. He had taken notes all through the day, and he was making quips about that. I mean, I could see that strikes me. I mean, he's, his bits that he does on his late night show and carpool karaoke... I could see him thinking that was super funny. Like, I could see that being something that he would think was fun. Also, like, you're playing to this particular crowd. It's like Prince Charles and company. Um, I don't know, right? Right, that makes sense. Apparently, he's known Harry for seven years, he said. And then this is the part I really do not believe, that there was beer pong. But also, that just seems like so Harry, right? Harry, right. That's a good call. So when you you were saying some of these details are clear Harry things and some are clear Megan, um, maybe I could see him being like, fine, we'll do the elderflower cake, we'll do this, we'll have the cellist, but I just want to make sure there's beer pong. And she's like, okay, fine. And like late night pizza or something. Right, totally. And they they said there were some sort of messy burgers served. Like, I have no idea what that means, but... Was that that in honor of the messy bun, do we think? Oh, that is smart. See, you and I, we would have like a messy brioche bun on the appetizer menu. Yes. I actually thought that it was more clever than I was expecting that there was a specialty drink called When Harry Met Meghan. Right. Made with ginger and Made with ginger in honor of his red hair, I assume. Plus, other reports had it that there was an around-the-world bar, like drinking stations from around the world. It sounds like there was a lot of alcohol flowing. That sounds like Epcot Center or something. Right. Which I, I just love picturing like Charles was all over this organically sourced menu and picking out the champagne. Megan had like her minister, like the the music and harry was like okay i have some wild ideas all related to alcohol um they say that serena williams apparently got really into the beer pong and was playing it like tennis um megan gave out slippers to her female guests which i guess was nice that's so her 
That's so her. We need a that's so Megan on like Siren at this point. I know, right? I feel like we have such a sense now of what she's going to be into and what she's not. Right. And then Josh, I can't even read this next detail. It relates to Megan's dog Guy because I just feel too much for Bogart. Ensuring that her beloved dog Guy didn't miss out on the excitement, the canine who arrived in Windsor in a blacked out Land Rover alongside none other than Queen Elizabeth joined the party too. So that means there is a dog at this. I find that. <laughs> See, these details just do not. It's like this. That's the thing. It's like we, I feel like I'm getting eight different parties described to me. Right. In the different reports. Like, it sounds like everyone was on acid or something. The way. I if I had to guess anything, I would say it was really. It was like a James Corden sort of tame sit down situation with James Corden kind of narrating the speeches. Then I feel like after Charles and Camilla left, it got sort of wild. Guy somewhere pulled in up, their, right. Somewhere in there, and the beer pong came out exactly. And somewhere in there, the dogs running around, Clooney's spinning people around. I don't know. It sounds too wild to be true, but I kind of love it. That's just built up into this thing that we'll never know. Right. And then apparently guests after this left and went to a, the Chilton Firehouse. And then after that, to a private party in a soundproof room. Did you see that detail? I love the sound of her Right, like what so was that, happening in there? I wish we could know. Meanwhile, the Suits cast and Chelsea, I assume Chelsea Davy wasn't there, right? I don't think she was there. There was a report that she greeted Megan at the reception with a big hug, but I don't think she was invited to the reception. Like, no, me either. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So let's talk about Megan and Harry's first outing. I can't believe we're kind of now moving into post-wedding information. Uh, but they had their first appearance already, which, Julie, three days after one's wedding, you're out in the out, out and about again. It's kind of wild, no? And not just out and about. They were essentially hosting this garden party event for Prince Charles's 70th birthday. Which, side note, is not for six months, but they've started the celebrations this early. Right, just to throw you off. But it was for over 6,000 people. Not exactly like a relaxing... A low-key, exactly. What was startling to me was Megan's transformation, style transformation. Josh, do you want to describe it? Yes, I was very surprised to see her look at the Tuesday event, I felt as if she was doing like a Kate Middleton costume almost. Um, she had a kind of like pink coat dress, sorry, pink dress from the brand Goat, which Kate loves. That's like a favorite of Kate's. And then a kind of really intense Philip Tracy hat, and then which looked great. I love the hat. And then, and then pantyhose, which is like a royal protocol thing, apparently. Um, no messy bun, hair very polished, slicked back. It was a kind of, I don't know, it just didn't seem like at all the style we're used to, even from her appearances after they were engaged. It kind of was confusing. I really, I thought she looked good, obviously, and her hat looked good. 
but it did not seem like her sense of style, which made me a little bit bummed out. Right. I, I agree with you. I think she looked gorgeous. She looked impeccable, but there was something sad, even though I know I kind of ribbed her a little bit back in her crossbody bag yeah. days. But I really... Like bring back the ripped jeans. Bring back the ripped jeans. I know. I just... I, I think about how much she's had to give up for Harry, including like her Instagram, all these things. I just... I want her to be able to keep keep her sense of style. I know. I was... I was thrown off and i'm curious if like the messy bun is done now as we talked about before i also felt i don't know i want to i want i'm excited for her to start making i want i think we put a lot of pressure on her maybe unfairly to really like modernize things and make this her own and i guess it's gonna take time and she's not just gonna like come into this wearing you know a jumpsuit to the prince charles party but I I was this was way more in the realm of a normal modern look a, ro- mo- a normal royal look than I was expecting. Right, there's a whole list of things that she apparently can't do now that she's a duchess or that she's expected not to do, and one of which is to wear bare legs, like she did during the engagement photo call. I guess they're supposed to wear. I don't know. I know that's like I feel like she's gonna have to start breaking some of these rules. And Prince Harry was stung by a bee during the speech, or kind of assault by a bee and she cracked up and she looked very buddy buddy and chummy with Camilla I noticed right which and I the, kind the, of I love yes that's a little alliance I'm noticing and the Daily Mail ran a kind of exclusive photo of them at that event kind of clutching hands at one point right it's like one of them had made a joke and then they both kind of grabbed each other's hand it was kind of cute interested how Kate feels about this whole dynamic that's developing between Camilla and Megan I know and I love that Camilla came out on Wednesday she she spoke to Five News about the wedding weekend. She said it was such a lovely day. Just everything went right. We all wondered whatever would happen next. And then everything went right, which is she referencing all this Samantha. The Thomas Markle drama, which I thought was a very unusual kind of thing for her to wade into commenting on. Right. I love that Camilla has a little bit of that like bull in a china shop vibe. Yeah, yeah. She said it's nice to have something that is uplifting rather than depressing. Everything was just perfect, including the weather. It was a beautiful day. The only thing is that we are all losing our voices now. Um, Me, uh, us too, Camille. Us too. So what's next? Harry and Meghan have delayed their honeymoon to Africa until later this year. The Daily Mail says maybe they'll go on a mini moon in Ireland in June or July. Uh and then I really am curious what you think of this, that they want to reportedly visit Thomas Markle, who I think we all can say... Thankfully, even though I know the TMZ and, uh, you know, the other outlets for Samantha Markle have continued to report on their kind of every move to some extent, I feel like they're much less out there than they were right before the wedding. And I would imagine that's going to remain that way. Right. I, I know Tom has said that he regrets not being there. Yeah. Katie Nichol from Vanity Fair said that she hears one of the things they want to do sooner rather than later, that they're married, is to go see Thomas Markle in Mexico, recovering from his heart operation. We don't know when the trip might happen, uh, but Megan is keen to see him as soon as possible. Uh, and then meanwhile, Samantha Markle is just continuing to talk to anyone and everyone. Um, 
and saying that she kind of had like criticisms about Doria, which I like was surprised she would go there, which I guess I shouldn't be surprised at this point. Um, and Tom is continuing to be monitored with like, you'd think he was, uh, I don't know. It was like a PI following him, but like there was like a whole little news cycle about how he went to get a Frappuccino at Starbucks and that was like a whole kind of saga. And then Tom called TMZ to clarify that the Frappuccino didn't even have coffee in it and he didn't finish it. It's crazy. It's so crazy that like we're at a point where like there's literally like seven different TMZ posts about the Frappuccino that Tom Markle may or may not have drank. Uh I don't know. I feel bad. And I think this will end at some point. Well, maybe it won't end very soon. Now that she's like as high profile as it gets. Right. Um, But he does say now he just wants to be left alone. He says, I never asked for this. My friends never asked for this. And photographers knowing there's a child in the car. Oh, a friend of his kid, I guess. um, Have no business chasing it. And I like that this was the one thing in the whole script that Julie put in yellow. As for the alleged frappuccino, Thomas says his drink didn't have coffee and he didn't finish it. Adding, don't worry about his heart. I hope that Megan and Harry go visit him just to bring some closure to the storyline. Yes, I agree. I think he, that will be a good sort of, they need to see him. And Harry hasn't met him yet. Harry hasn't met him yet. Um, but it seems like every two seconds, there's a new Harry and Meghan related story. So we've been loving your feedback. We yes. want to hear more of it. Want to hear more of your opinions, your conspiracy theories, everything. It's been really wonderful hearing from you guys on all of these topics and more if anyone has intel about what happened in the reception yes if anyone has a friend whose cousin was like a suits cast member and may or may not have been involved or if you have gotten your hands on one of the slippers megan handed out the reception we have a few listeners who were there kind of waiting to watch them in the carriage ride and uh, we loved other... right we loved hearing about the people watching in windsor it was really incredible yes so thank you guys. Keep sending us stuff along. So that does it for this week's episode of In the Limelight. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, please remember to rate, review us on Apple Podcasts. Also feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. And I'm at Jay Duboff. Uh, we're also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Daniel Roth. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, no bad, no bad energy. energy.